Hello and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids, the bucket emptying episodes. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Han, psychologist, parenting expert and author of the book, How Not to Screw Up Your Kids, A Real Life Guide to Parenting. Welcome to the next bucket emptying episode and the we're going to deal with a question here specifically and the question is and I think probably very relevant to so many of us is how can I get my child to sleep without a struggle now this could be a struggle could be in lots of different ways depending on the age of your child so let's just talk about why I think it's important that we just start off with this with the kind of discussion about why it's so important to for our children um to have sleep um sleep is linked to emotional well-being full stop it's also linked to their physical well-being when our children sleep their brain consolidates all the knowledge that they've acquired during that day whether that's to do with intellectual things or whether it's to do with with their physical learning it's how the kind of the neurons then begin to sort of do their wiring together it's also responsible for their physical repair to their body um, and also where their, where hormones are secreted. So it's a really crucial aspect. And when we talk about it from the perspective of emotional health, we don't know whether it, it's a whole chicken and egg. We don't know whether the poor sleep creates the mental health issues or mental health issues create poor sleep. But really, it's absolutely integral to our well-being, our ability to manage things, our buckets filling and our resilience across all things. So that's a start. And I think everyone knows that. But I think it's really important that we prioritise that. So I often talk about this idea that we're working with the end in mind. And the end in mind should always be that our children are able to sleep in their own rooms, on their own, without the need for any form of pacifier. Whether that's a pacifier in terms of a dummy, whether that's a pacifier in terms of listening to Audible or an audio tape or watching, you know, programs on repeat when we're talking about older children so I think we just need to be looking at that if you're if this is your question or this question really resonates with you because you're having major battles and really and really big struggles around sleep with your children then what I would say is this is a process you're not going to get a quick fix overnight it's a process that you need to work through systematically one step at a time and I'm going to try and look at it from the perspective of if you've got really young children all the way up to older children because you know sleep is a can be a massive battle when we've got our young children you know young toddlers who don't want to go to sleep all the way up to our teens that are also struggling the first thing I would say is that you know, if you were going to go to a sleep expert I'm a, I'm a parenting expert and psychologist I'm not a sleep expert but I would I know the first thing that a sleep expert would say to you around troubles in terms of sleeping is all to do with sleep hygiene so it's important that at the most basic level, you know, the environment that they're going to sleep in is one with which it is based on sleep. So it's an environment that is conducive with sleep. It's an environment that is all about sleep. So one of the things that we could be looking at a very basic level is, is our child's bedroom very busy? Do they have a lot of distracting things um, that might be getting in the way of their sleep. And I'm talking about this for all ages. I do think it's really important that children have access to books. I have no problems with younger children having a certain element of toys in their bedroom. But we want to minimise the 
distractibility within their bedroom so that they're able to then finish with their book, put it down, finish playing with a toy and then get back into bed or whatever that might be. So when we've got older children, I feel very, very strongly about this. There should be no electronic devices in bedrooms. I'm just going to say that again. There should be absolutely no electronic devices in bedrooms, even televisions, digital. I understand, and I get asked this question quite often, and you know, my child listens to an audio book um, and then they switch it straight off. I understand that that can seem innocuous and not an issue, but if we're working with the end in mind, we're working on the basis that we would like a child to be able to self-soothe and go to sleep on their own because that's really good and a really important aspect of their mental health. There'll be, a, you know, there this whole notion of self-soothing. So if they wake up in the middle of the night, if our children are only able to go to sleep using an external pacifier, whatever that external pacifier might be, then they are always going to struggle if they wake up in the night because we sleep through these 90-minute sleep cycles. So we're always going to have a wakeful, a small wakeful period so if we don't have a child that's able to self-soothe, then they are likely to, in those those 90-minute cycles when they're in that light, wakeful sleep, they are and there's a noise, or within that period of time, they're going to wake up and they're going to come straight to you. So the end goal should be that we have a, a we have a bedroom that doesn't have televisions or electronic devices, that we have a bedroom that is fit for sleeping. Um, and we have a bedroom where we encourage our child through a process of stages to be able to self-soothe and be able to go to sleep on their own. So that's the kind of the background and the context in which we want to talk about sleep. So what happens if we're going to having a child that we're battling? Now, you could be battling um, on the very basic level of actually just getting your child to go up to sleep. You could be battling because you've got a teen um, or an older child that simply keeps wanting to go to sleep later and later and later. And there are some things that we probably want to get to the bottom of. Now, when I go into schools and I'm doing workshops with children, I will always ask for a show of hands as to the number of, you know, how many children in this class, in this year group, struggle to fall asleep at night. And I can tell you time and time again, between 75 and 95% of the children will put their hands up and say that they're struggling to fall asleep at night. Now, they may not be struggling as much as they think that they're struggling, but perception is reality for them. So it's really important that we understand what's what's happening with that. And one of the most common things that I hear and the most common things that I see is that children are caught up in an internal narrative. They have that whole busy mind or they're anxious and they're ruminating about the day. They're working through all the things that they could have done, should have done, could have said, should have said, would have said replaying things like little movies in their mind and so the resistance that you get and the resistance can look pretty dramatic you know you can get real anger lashing out throwing so we often think it's a behavioral problem and they're being defiant whereas actually what we're seeing is a fear of being alone in their room either because they're scared of something happening so that you know it's not that they're scared of the dark but they're scared of what they think is in the dark or they have been so busy for most of their day doing that they are really struggling to be alone with their thoughts. And it's that. And, and what I would say is it's likely to be the case that that is that is what's happening for your child. If if you stayed with them and lay down with them, they fall asleep quite quickly. So if that's the case, then it usually is that they've got all of the stuff that then is going through their mind. So 
what's an important thing is that we have to understand what is happening and the reason why they're struggling to go to sleep. And then we have to address the issue. So we have to equip our children. Now, children who have had very busy days and are alone in their thoughts for the very first time before they go to bed is not, that's not good. We want our children to have a period of time, at least an hour before they go to bed, where they are able to decompress. Go back to the previous episode where I explained the whole notion of the bucket. This is what, you know, our children need to be doing something that genuinely empties their bucket. So not mindless watching television, not mindless scrolling, not mindless playing on iPad games. But this is real activities that allow them to decompress. And so because then what then happens is in that hour, the chatter and the thoughts that's going on is something that they're aware of rather than that typical situation is they've been watching their favorite TV program. We've said it's time to go to bed. Um, And then we've whisked them away from numbing and pacifying downstairs with television to then upstairs. And then they're suddenly alone with their thoughts. So it's about really making sure that we factor in that time and then helping them to decompress and work through the things that they're thinking about. So big fan of like a little worry box, shoe box, hole in the top, stuff that's going on in their head. They write down on pieces of paper. They post it. We park it. So we're not saying we're taking the worries away completely. But what we're saying is we're just placing them on pause. We're placing them in this container. And then when we wake up in the morning, if there's still issues, then we can work through them. But we're just parking them so that we're able to then get that restful sleep. So there's an element of that. What I just want to add in before we finish is what happens when we've got teens that it's becoming a bit of a power dynamic and a bit of a power struggle. Teens also have that whole narrative and internal chatter going on and they do struggle to go to sleep but what we also need to be aware with our teens is that as part of that those teen that teen period and the hormones is that their natural sleep rhythm can shift by up to two hours so if you've got a child that would have typically gone to bed at half past seven their natural circadian rhythm is going to want them to be going to bed closer to 9 30 Now, I'm not necessarily advocating that children should be going to bed really late. I'm not a big fan, but they can be in their bedrooms decompressing in other ways. Reading, writing, colouring, drawing, those sorts of things. So it's helping them see the benefit in just decompression time, even if it isn't actual sleep. So I hope that that's helpful around the sleep, because I know it's such a big, big topic. But if you've got any more questions around sleep, maybe it's a particular situation that you're struggling with, then do message in. It's contact at drmaryhan.com and then we can include it as another episode in a future future podcast. So as ever, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would be so, so grateful if you could follow, rate and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time. Thank you.